Welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're an industry pro, you're building, or you're buying, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. We're coming to you live today from the LP Studios here in Wisconsin. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's topic, half the country can't afford a $250,000 home. Hey everybody, just uh, got a study here from the National Association of Home Builders and uh, found it pretty interesting. There's a lot of really cool research that they did in this particular article. I was posted recently on social media and uh, there's a lot of stuff in it. There's a lot of good data Um, But I wanted to really point out some really key things in here because while they did a really great job putting this data together, I don't know if the messaging is quite on point, but hopefully I can help with that. So one of my biggest takeaways, obviously, from this article is that half the country can't afford a $250,000 house. You know, for most people, $250,000 for a home in most markets um, these days doesn't buy a whole lot either. Um, I'm actually going through um, uh, a situation where we're going to be selling my father-in-law's home and uh, it needs a bunch of work on it. And um, if we just leave it as is, sell it as is, we can sell it for about $250,000. It's an old 1950s home uh, in in a community. The location's really good, but the house needs a lot of work. It's, uh, it's a small three-bedroom ranch, probably 1,800 square feet, maybe a little bit less. Um, and a, a pretty typical square home from the 1950s does have an attached garage. And, uh, you know, that's the, when you look at a house like that and say over half the country can't afford that, that's, that's interesting to me. But what they did in the article is really what's called the housing pyramid. And what they do is they show all sorts of different price points of homes. And then they build this pyramid that shows how many people can afford each level of those homes. So they have several different categories. I can list these really briefly. And of course, you can look this article up as well uh, if you want to read the entire thing. But uh, they start at the bottom with uh, you know a zero-priced home, which obviously we'd love to have that, right, uh, to 150000 And basically what they're saying there is 39 million people can afford that zero to $150,000 house. Then they go to from one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty thousand, as far as um, house value, and twenty five point eight million can afford that price point. So now, just keep in mind, you would add these first two columns together, so that would get you sixty four million people, uh, because you know you could afford two fifty, but you could choose to buy something for one fifty. Um, so sixty four million people um, then could could afford um, you know those price points. So just kind of makes you realize that um, there's 132.5 million people and, and only half of them can afford those first two price points on a home. That's really stunning because that's really you know your entry level of homes. And typically what we've seen is a home ownership rate is more in the mid-60% range like 64, sometimes it climbs up to 67. 
to now have it where only half the country can afford really the entry level of homes is is not a good situation at all. And we definitely need to address this around the country. And what exacerbates this even more is the fact that, you know, we have these two sort of towers, as I'll call them, of of our population. You have the largest tower, which is the millennial buyers who are out there right now trying to buy these kind of homes. And then you also have the boomers who are living in maybe some of these homes and don't want to relinquish them because they can't go and buy anything else anywhere near where they're at. They realize they have a good deal, so they're just hanging on to it. And they're hanging on to these homes a lot longer. Now, the boomers are also living longer, too. Uh, that's a good thing, right, that people's health is is uh, lasting longer and they're able to live in these homes longer. But the downside is they're not cycling through these as fast and putting the stuff on the market. So you have this sort of two-pronged approach where you got a group not releasing their homes, you got another group that really needs them. So that I think that's kind of interesting as we go forward. But as we analyze this housing pyramid, there's other things to take you know into account. Let's look at a couple of the other tiers. So that three or two fifty to three twenty five price point, that adds another fifteen and a half million. So around seventy nine million people can afford that. So you know now you're you're over half uh, of the population. Um, if you can go up to three twenty five. But again, with the interest rates going up, that has reduced how many people can afford those. So this all kind of adds into the mix. We're still not anywhere near new construction yet. The next tier, 405 to 500,000, another 11 million uh, people can afford that. So at that point, now you're at 90 million uh, of people that can afford the home. But you still haven't even touched new construction yet. So the next two tiers are where you could start scratching new construction into the list. 600 to 700,000. There's 5.4 million people that can afford that. Now, again, out of 132 million, that's a pretty small percentage. So new construction is really, um, unfortunately, for, for a very small share of the country. And then the next year, the 700 uh, to 850,000 is another 5.2 million. So you have roughly 10.6 million people that could afford a typical new construction spec home that's out there. Now there's a little bit on the top. So you're 850,000 to 1.05 million. There's 3.6 million that can afford that. Okay. So, but you're, you can see as you go up this pyramid, every time you go up a price point, there's less and less people that can afford it. 1.05 to 1.55 million, only 3.2% of the population can afford that. And over 1.5 million, 2.9 um, million people can afford that. So the numbers dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. And so if you look at new construction, you know, even if you add in the other top tiers, you're looking at roughly a little over 20 million people out of 132 million that can afford any kind of new construction. And that's very discern or that's disconcerting to say the least. And, um, you know, this just shows how kind of out of whack housing is getting and the pricing and everything like that. So a few other things here um, about this study, you know, when they figure out the affordability, one of the questions people would ask is how do you determine the affordability? So what they do is 
they will um, set a, a value and they'll say 28% of your income can go to housing. So that's they use that figure to figure out how much. Um, and, and that's typically what a bank is going to look at is they, they want no more than 28% of your income going to your housing expenses. That is not just the mortgage, but that's also your taxes and your insurance costs. So as you start to look at that, um, you know, many people, of course, pay quite a bit more than 28%. In fact, here in Wisconsin, um, they're saying that there's 132,000 people that are spending at least half their income uh, for housing. And they're basically house poor. They're priced out of the market completely. And uh, if you looked at that, I just did this research for a talk I did, in Wisconsin, that is the population of Appleton and Sheboygan. Those are, you know, Appleton's a pretty big city. Sheboygan's not quite as big, but you take two entire cities and wipe them off the map for people that can't even afford a house. That That's stunning um, and, and sad at the same time. As part of this study nationally too, they, they figured that a, a median home now is selling for four twenty five. Um, $786. So $425,786 for a median home. That median home price then means that 73% of the population can't even afford it. They, so almost three quarters of our, our country can't afford the median home price anymore. That is baffling on itself. And here's the next thing that's just... Uh, it just it hurts to see these numbers. You take and just add one thousand dollars to the cost of a home. It'll take out over a hundred and forty thousand plus home buyers from being able to afford that home. One thousand dollars takes out one hundred and forty thousand people from being able to buy that home. So every single time they're talking about making an energy change or a code change or you know, some of these climate initiatives, and it adds a cost to the home, you're wiping out more and more people to buy these homes. These are your kids. These are your 20-somethings, your millennials, your your kid that's in college, your kid that's in high school. They're not going to be able to afford these homes. And you're taking more and more of them out of the equation. And it's just getting out of hand. We currently have one point um, one point two eight million people priced out of the market, and here's another stunning fact. Um, actually, uh, I, I take that back. My, my, I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake here. One point two eight million people are priced out of the the housing market as well when rates increase. So right now, if you have a six and a quarter percent mortgage and you go up a quarter point to six and a half, you lose one point two eight million people from affording that home. Just a quarter point increase in the rates. We're at now a 10-year low for housing affordability. Let that sink in. A 10-year low for housing affordability. You know, we're, we're going the wrong direction. And unfortunately, there's not much of anything that's happening that's changing this or helping make it go in the right direction. The average home sale is still going up. There's still low inventory on the market. 
especially on those those bottom end houses, the stuff that's three hundred and fifty or four hundred and under, they're just getting gobbled up because there just isn't enough of them to go around. And of course, as we've seen, the new construction, you're you're into the six and seven hundred thousand range to touch new construction. Here in Waukesha County, we're at seven hundred thousand dollars for the average new construction sale and two hundred thousand dollars for an average lot. So there's clearly some issues here. I think this definitely does point out a lot of it. And uh, we've got to really start to take a hard look at everything involved with housing and the pricing of housing from, you know, our regulations uh, locally, you know, making builders build bigger homes than maybe what we really need on the market. You know, these minimum home sizes, we got to re- really revisit that and say, is that really serving us well? We've got to look at some of these setbacks that we're doing and say, do we really need, you know, a 90 foot wide lot, um, which, you know, at $1,600 a foot for road costs and infrastructure costs, um, you know, just makes that lot really expensive right off the bat, um, you know, reducing those setbacks, um, you know, reducing some of these silly requirements that make these homes more expensive. Those are those are things that we have to do at a local level, and it's very fractional. It's very um, almost like fiefdoms where everyone's got their own little fiefdom and their own rules. Uh, you can certainly make a difference locally by reaching out and talking to people, but that's one thing. And then you know you start to look at some of these national things that are being done. Um, you know, obviously the interest rates is a big thing. Um, you know, you get the interest rates down a bit, and uh, that affordability opens back up. Uh, so there's that, but, you know, some of these big initiatives to eliminate gas, um, eliminate the fossil fuels, uh, require higher, higher levels of energy efficiency. The strange thing about that really is that I find is, you know, you're punishing new construction with that. And again, we're only talking, you know, less than 10% of the entire market with the new construction but you make these energy efficiency requirements and what about all these older homes? Those are the ones that are not energy efficient. The new homes already are energy efficient. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to put more requirements on new homes. You should be, you know, offering, um, maybe taking and offering some of those, um, incentives to an existing home, um, or offering some tax credits or something for people that make those energy efficient, improvements on an older home rather than trying to push more requirements on a new home because the new home is already there. You get the law of diminishing returns. You know, it means What that basically means is you have to spend a heck of a lot more money to get any return on an investment on a new home because they're so efficient already. So these are all things that we got to think about and we've got to start really prioritizing not only creating more homes because obviously additional supply will help, but also allowing the builders and the communities to to create some new housing products at a lower price point to allow just more homes to be built and and allow our kids um, or your grandkids to be able to buy their first home. And, you know, I guess ask yourself this. You might say, well, you know, if we start creating all these cheap houses in the area, what's that going to do my house value? Okay. I don't think it's going to change it because, um, you know, you have comps in the area and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. Say you're a little bit older, you live in your home. If you don't have 
affordable housing in your area, think of your police officers and your firefighters and your teachers. Who's going to be able to do that work for you if you don't have a place for them to live? Because they're not going to live in your municipality. They're going to move away or they're not going to take those jobs. So as you get older, who's going to drive that ambulance if you have a heart attack? Who's going to respond um, You know, if you can't get a police officer to your home? How are your kids going to get taught in school if no teachers in the area can afford to live in your, in your area? These are huge, huge problems, societal problems that we have to address. So housing does matter. It's a huge issue. It does need to be worked on. And uh, especially in that lower, more affordable segment, we need to really start to uh, unwind some of the things we have, revisit all of our regulations and find the ones that aren't serving us anymore and start to cut that back and create a, a more streamlined, quicker approach to building these homes. So there you have it. That is your data for today, the housing affordability crisis, the pyramid, and half the country can't afford a $250,000 home. Folks, we got a problem and we need to get to work. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Home Building Hero, broadcasting live from the Bellman Home Studio. If you haven't already, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future content. Until next time, I'm David Bellman, signing off.